My name is Sabrina Guler, and welcome to my podcast, Something More. Three years ago, I left my high-paying job at Apple on the search to find something more in my life. And on that journey, I co-founded an eight-figure business, achieved financial independence, and was fully able to step away from the corporate world. Now, despite all of this success, I realized that the journey to something more never ends, and I'm still exploring what fulfillment means in my life. So join me on my journey as I'll be sharing my personal discovery stories, interviewing others on similar paths, and giving you the unfiltered guidance that you seek on the path to finding something more. Welcome to the third episode of the Something More podcast. And on today's episode, I want to give you three ways to rebalance yourself when you find that you are super attached to an outcome, especially when working towards something you really care about. I decided to dedicate an entire episode to this because I am so guilty of attaching to outcomes of things and I tend to over-control self-sabotage and manipulate a lot of the things in my life in order for them to go a certain way. And the problem is when we attach ourselves to things, we become obsessed with things. We focus on the wrong part of our journeys. And I personally find that I am the ugliest part of myself being in this mode. Anytime I'm like over-controlling, over over sabotaging, manipulating. I am the ugliest version of myself. Why? Because I'm needy. I'm obsessed. I'm frantic. I'm bossy. I'm irritable. And the worst part is I'm definitely not enjoying my life. As soon as I get into this mode, it's game over. And so I've actually, over the last 10 years, and I say 10 years because this really started when I was 20. And over the last 10 years, I have done this so many times that I've actually mastered a way to take myself out of this mode and truly allow what is meant to be to come to fruition while, while taking action, not taking my hand off the wheel, because that's terrifying for us, you know, overachiever, successful people. And I've actually found a good balance between what I contribute and what I receive. So I say 10 years ago, because this started when I was 20 in a very vulnerable place in my life when I was paying for my own apartment, really living all by myself in New York City. And I found the need to over control things and manipulate things in order for me to have financial safety and to create the safety that I needed at the time. And now 10 years later, that has always kind of followed me because I've always been hyper-independent. I'm still obviously taking care of myself. And I, I always found that if I became obsessed with something and worked very hard at it, I would get results when that's not always the case. Oftentimes there's a balance, right, of receiving and doing And like anything in life, if you water a plant too much, it can die. So if you overexhaust something, you can sabotage it. So a little story on when this happened to me that I felt super helpless. And this was back in 2018. I had just broken up with an ex-boyfriend of mine. I was looking for something more. I was really 
I really didn't know who the fuck I was. And the breakup really triggered that. I wanted something more. I kind of felt like helpless. I just moved into a studio apartment because we had lived together and I was questioning everything, my career, what I wanted in my life, who, you know, I was reflecting on the breakup and I remember feeling really lonely. I was looking for more. I was looking for fulfillment. And that is when I decided to travel. So I started traveling a lot in the U S I went to Miami. I went to, I had been in LA a couple times and I was traveling, you know, trying to find myself, trying to explore myself. And I went to San Francisco and I actually really liked San Francisco. It reminded me of New York. I was already working in tech. It was like the holy Mecca of where I should be living in. And I decided that I wanted to live there. And I remember I got back home from my trip and I was like, I think this is my something more. Like, I think this is my, my goal. I really want to work in tech, make a lot of money. And, and I just decided that that's what I wanted. And I, it was a Friday evening. I had plans to go out with a girlfriend that night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do something super ballsy. I'm just going to apply for Apple and the Google and the Facebooks and the Ubers, you know, all the job postings that they had on their website. And if this is meant for me, I'm just going to put it out there to the universe that I want someone to call me back for an interview next week. And at the time I really had worked for some really tiny companies. I was working for startups. I didn't have a background in engineering and I found that I just found that I was in a place of faith and I just went for it. So Monday rolls around and I get a call back and guys, this is when I attached myself because it was something I had never expected. I really wanted this thing. I really wanted the job and I really felt like it was my next challenge. It was my next thing to, to go after. And so I really became obsessed with it. I, I remember I took the call, I booked the interview and the interview was fine. I mean, it was nothing crazy. I, I remember thinking to myself, wow, these companies ask really detailed questions. And although I didn't bomb any of the interviews, nothing really clicked. So I found myself in this like chasing, right? So as soon as I would get an interview, it wouldn't work out. I would get another interview. And I was in this like chasing mode, right? Every day I would wake up, go on Indeed, look at the job postings, find myself in a place of just being anxious. I, I actually, because I was so obsessed with getting this job, I started to like hate my own life. Like I would wake up and because I didn't have a job at like one of these big tech companies, I started to get like very ungrateful for what I had, which again, going back to like the uglier parts of myself, I just wasn't allowing things to be, I wasn't giving it space. And anyway, I didn't listen to, to that feeling. I should have. I think I did like 14 interviews and interviews are so time consuming. Like they are exhausting. You have to prepare for them. You have to take time off work, but the 14th interview was different. So it was for Apple music. And I was really excited about that opportunity. I've always been someone who like likes to work for certain products that I truly resonate with. I can't just like work for anything. And I really liked the music department. So I get a call back they fly me out. They wine and dine me. Like guys, I thought that this was it. Like I thought that I got the job. Cause I was like, why would they put all this money into flying me out and then not give me the job? 
again, very attached. I started telling everyone that I think I got the job and I fly there and it was one of the worst interviews I've ever had. Like, you know, that feeling when like, you're so embarrassed again for high achievers who are successful, who are very obsessed with output, like being embarrassed and being humiliated. It doesn't happen often for us, or at least we don't, at least we don't like advertise that we feel that way. Being vulnerable is like something that we're semi-allergic to, at least publicly. So I remember being so embarrassed. My interviewer had asked me questions that I just didn't have the answers to. They were really complicated, specific, technical questions. And I left thinking and feeling like I was such a loser. I was in San Jose at the time. I call my mom. And at this point, guys, I'm feeling sick. Like my throat was hurting. I could tell that I was coming down with something and I call my mom on my way out, like basically in tears. And I was like, that's it. I think I give up. I'm so attached to this. And I I was so close to having it, but I think I'm just going to give up. And she's like, well, my mom's like super lighthearted. She's like, well, you only have one night left in San Jose. So you might as well make the most out of it. Who gives a shit if you're sick, go out, have a beer, meet some people and make the most out of your last night and just go back to Orange County, which is where I was living at the time. And just go back to liking your life. Like, it's not like there was anything wrong with your life. You're just going through a breakup. I had a beautiful apartment. I had a dog, Max, my dog, Max. He was new at the time. So why was I so unhappy with my life? Like, I just, I, because I was so attached to this new thing and I felt like I needed to get it. Long story short, I go out, I have a drink and I meet these two people at this bar. Mind you, I'm kind of cranky. I'm irritable. In my head, I'm like, who gives a shit about these people? Like, I'm never going to see them again. I already mentally gave up on the whole working for big tech. And we ended up hitting it off that they asked for my number. And I remember like kind of white lying at the bar and being like, yeah, I think I'm going to move here eventually. I was in denial of the reality that that wasn't going to be the case. I kind of white lied, pretended that I was living there or that I was going to be living there, took their number down and then like went back home like a dog with, with the tail between my legs. Like I was just so depressed. I come back home and, oh, I just felt so depressed. Like I was trying to unattach, detach myself from this vision that I had. Like I really wanted to be challenged and work for a big company that was known. I wanted the prestige. I wanted the, the hustle. And I felt like all of that just broke, you know, came crashing down. So I go back and I live my life for two weeks and I finally started to let go and accept that it wasn't going to work. And it's funny because during those two weeks, I finally kind of felt relieved. I had been so worked up trying to make this whole thing happen that when I finally let go, I realized that, God, you know, I don't have to be working this hard, you know, and and trying so hard and exhausting myself. I could just enjoy my life for a minute. Well, two weeks pass, I get a phone call and it's from the girl that I met at the bar. And she was asking if I was still looking for a job opportunity because she had known someone at Apple that was looking for my exact background working for Apple.com and like the iPhone department. 
So I was super detached at this point. And I just said to myself, you know what? I'm already happy with my home life. I don't want to start the chaos again. This is just going to be my last hurrah of this whole initiative. So I interviewed. I did really well. They flew me back out there. So I was back in San Jose and I got the job. And I think it took like 48 hours for me to hear that I got the job. And they wanted me to move to San Francisco or to that area, to the Bay Area in two weeks. So I packed up my stuff and I moved. And that's actually how I got my job at Apple, which is crazy because I, I fought so hard for all of that. And just when I let go and just when I became detached is when it happened. So that's one of my stories. I have many. Even now, I'm still working on detaching from things and, and actively practicing the balance of all of this. But there are three things that I feel like cause us to obsess over the outcome. And one of the biggest things is wanting to control everything. I feel like when we want to control everything, it gives us a sense of power. Like we feel like if I do something, I will produce the outcome of it. And it makes us hyper responsible and hyper accountable. And if it goes well, it boosts our ego because we feel like we accomplished something. Wanting to control everything is great, but it doesn't help us out in every scenario. For example, I have a friend who is dating right now and he's just like us type A and he's having the hardest time understanding that you can't control the dating process. Like, especially when you're dating for a long-term partnership, not just hookups or, you know, little things here and there. When you're dating intentionally, there's so little you can control. It's timing, it's the person, it's intentions, it's all the things accumulated into what dating goes into and controlling things will make you exhausted, especially when it's something you truly don't have a say in. And I was talking to him about it. We were, we were going back and forth on why it is that we feel we need to control things. And I feel like it comes from a deep place of insecurity. We don't trust that other people can do things for us. And we need to overpower that. And I think it's a fear of not letting someone come in to prove you right. Like if, if, if we have this narrative in our head that we have to do everything, it's probably because there's also a narrative that if we don't do everything, then nothing's going to happen. And we have very little faith in people providing for us. And I think this sense of control is just a safety mechanism. It's a, it's a way for us to feel good about what we're doing and to protect ourselves. So if you find yourself in this place of over-controlling and you find that it's a detriment to what you're doing, you're sabotaging, you're exhausted, you're anxious, and you feel like your whole life has kind of taken a pause for you to obsess over this thing, whatever it is, it's time to just pull back and be very present. And although you want to throw rocks at me for saying that, being present is something that we all have to practice, whether we like to or not. You can find this in so many different ways. You can meditate. You can simply switch gears during the day. If you're interviewing for jobs right now and you have like 10 interviews in a day, 
take a break, go out for a walk and switch, switch gears, find ways to abruptly switch whatever you have going on in the day to refresh your mental state and pull your energy and your repeated cycle thoughts on that thing you're obsessed with. First of all, obsessing over something all day and worrying about something all day isn't going to make it do anything. Second, you're probably depleting from your own happiness. And third, it just doesn't make any sense to be in the cycle when you probably should be focusing on other things, right? You have businesses to run, you have a career to run, you probably have other responsibilities. So refreshing your state to be present is super important. And also practicing gratitude in that moment. Like we all have so much to be grateful for. So just because you're on to that next thing, you know what your something more is, doesn't mean you need to sabotage and forget everything that's going on around you. There's no reason to do that. If you were to look back in your at your life 10 years from now, your however your old self a decade later would tell you to be more present. So if you find yourself controlling everything, take a moment, even if it's five minutes, five minutes is all I'm asking. And just be present. I think another challenge, and I kind of, I, I kind of said this in the first, in the first challenge, but I, I, I want to separate it. We don't know how to receive. I'm guilty of this all the time. And it's actually something that hurts many parts of my life, dating, business, even just me taking compliments from people. Like I just have a hard time receiving. I have a hard time giving the space for someone to come in and provide for me. And that could be anything, an opportunity, again, dating, whatever it is. I find that when I'm receiving, I'm not doing, and it's a very weird foreign place for me to be in. And I actually, it's funny because if you feel, if that resonates with you, you actually want to receive so badly. Like a part of you wants to, to be able to get something without working so hard. And you probably find this in your loneliest moments with yourself. Like, God, why can't someone just provide for me? Why can't someone just care as much as I do? Why am I always the one planning? Why am I always the one, you know, doing? Well, because you like to do that, but give the space for others to do that for you. I think attaching to something is another form of not receiving. You don't trust that someone or something or an opportunity can come and find you where you are. And so you need to go and take action. And I think receiving is really hard because we have to have faith. We have to trust. We have to take breaks and allow things to be. And it's a really uncomfortable feeling. I deal with this all the time. I had a birthday last year and my business partner wanted to throw me a birthday party because I, I threw him one last year and it was amazing. We both turned 30 and he wanted to throw me a birthday party. And he asked me, okay, I'm going to try and do something for you. And I didn't let him. It's so ridiculous. I didn't let him throw a birthday party for me. Why? I just, did, I couldn't receive. I wanted to go my way. I wanted to control it. And it's funny because when my birthday came around, I was so stressed, like planning everything. I was so stressed trying to get the catering and the 
the invites out. And it was my birthday. I shouldn't have spent time focused on that. But why? Because I didn't, I, I couldn't receive. So if you find yourself in a place where it's time for you to receive, you should be letting go and you should be practicing the art of receiving. Take three things, small things in your day and practice receiving. For example, if you own a business or you work in a team, have someone do something for you, like a de- need a deadline or a project or a task that you typically would have let them do, but because you're so controlling, you would you end up doing it yourself. Don't do that. Allow someone to do it for you. Allow someone to provide for you and trust that whatever opportunity or thing that you're working towards is all happening in your favor. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to force anything or exhaust yourself or over provide in order for it to be aligned. The last challenge that I feel gets us in this place of over controlling and attaching to outcomes is not understanding why we're doing this in the first place. And I know that sounds really silly, but I find that when we're so obsessed with something, it's not the thing that we're obsessed with. It's the why behind it. So for example, when I was dating in the past, I used to give myself these very specific you know, requirements for things. This person has to be this and looks like this and does this. And I would go on dates with these people and I would feel nothing. And I would try so hard to make some of these relationships work and they would never work. And then I would get obsessed with trying to find another person or go down this rabbit hole of over controlling the dating process. When I finally took a step back and I said to myself, it's not the person I want. It's why I want it. So I started asking myself, why do I want this? Well, I want this because I want to feel loved. I want this because I want to share my life with someone. And I want to feel that bond of sharing and co-creation and co-partnership. And I want to date this person that I have in my mind of what I want, because I feel that it's going to give me those feelings. And so if you just take a look at that example and you take a step back, you realize that what you want that you're so obsessed with might not be the thing that gives you those feelings. You're just attached because you think it's the only way that it's going to happen. You think that that's the how, and you're not able to see all the things that are moving on in the background that could also be a potential to give you those feelings. For example, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of people who are dating and they finally decided to take a step out of dating their type and now they're happily married and they're super happy and in these relationships that give them so much. Why? Because it wasn't the what, it wasn't their type that was giving them that. It was opening up to receiving opening up to being more open-minded and trusting that it's not the thing that they're obsessed with. It's just 
how they want to feel. And there's so many things in life that could make us feel that way. So if you're on a journey looking for something more and you are relentlessly pursuing many things in life that you're attached to because you're either trying to break free of a job, you're dating, you're looking for more business opportunity, and you find yourself in that like sabotage, anxious, controlling parts of yourself, the uglier parts of yourself. Think about how you can be present and take a step back from all of that drama because all of it is in your head. Realize that in order for things to come to fruition, it's probably going to take much more than just you doing. We think we're responsible for everything. We are not. Great example was from the Apple story, right? Like someone called me two weeks later and that was my reason for getting the job. I had done all of that and I just got a simple phone call and it led me to what I wanted. So also trust that you can receive and that people and opportunities and things will come to you just as much as you go after them. And then the last thing is really think about your why. Go journal, write this down. It's really good to get very clear on it. Why are you looking for this thing? Why are you going after this something more? And what are the feelings that you want to feel when you get this thing that you're after? Oftentimes, it's not the thing, it's the why, and you will end up where you should be, and you will end up feeling the way you want to feel, but it doesn't necessarily mean it'll come packaged in the way that you thought it would be. Or more importantly, it doesn't mean that it'll come packaged in the way that you are over-controlling and manipulating the situation to be. So that is my episode three. Again, a topic that I practice all the time. I attach myself to so many things, especially since we're always looking for more and doing more and we're going after the next thing. So I hope this helps and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Something More. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review and share it with a friend or anyone on a similar journey of self-discovery. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.